ADHD's a superpower. Hey, Timmy. Hey, Timmy. ADHD's a superpower. Timmy. Timmy. Timmy, I'm talking to you. Timmy, pay attention long enough for me to remind you that you have a superpower. It's called hyperfocus. Why aren't you using your magic? are listening to ADHD Big Brother, the podcast for adults struggling with their ADHD symptoms. Why? I'm your host, creator of the Nudge Program, author of Descending to the Top. My name, Russ Jones. Nice to meet you. Guys, we are going to learn about some stuff. We're going to laugh about some stuff. And ladies and gentlemen, here is some stuff. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. <laughs> Today, oh boy. I briefly was railing on the curse of hyperfocus last week's episode, and it it really did trigger me. So, you know what? I felt I should examine it a little bit more today. And you guys, here's the deal. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a lawyer. I don't, I can't do landscaping. Uh, I have tiled a floor, but I wouldn't call myself a flooring specialist because I'm probably never going to do that again. Uh, I'm not a dentist. I can't perform LASIK surgery uh, with that, with any kind of confidence, let's say. This podcast is riddled with opinion, uh, and they are mine. And feel free to disagree with me. I welcome thee. I welcome your disagreement. What this ADHD Big Brother podcast is, it's meant to be. It's like a lantern shining a light on a potential path, maybe a way of managing ADHD that perhaps you haven't seen uh, that happens to work for me. So hyperfocus. I know there's a lot of people that are heralding hyperfocus. It's a superpower and it's a gift. And I mean, they're wrong. Uh, the idea of using hyperfocus, it sounds good on paper. Like if we were able to decide what we hyperfocused on, like we were able to come and go as we please within it, meaning we could stop hyperfocusing to do other priorities or tasks, that that would be swell. But that's not how it works. Does it work that way for you? That does not how it works for me. No, sir. The sciencey explanation that I've uh, read about this, uh, hyperfocus could actually be uh, the extreme low level of dopamine that we have. It's something we're quite known for. And because of that, we could maybe find ourselves stuck in things that offer us enjoyment or instant rewards. So maybe it's one of those things where we we get some sort of joy out of a thing and then our brain goes, hey, that's giving us dopamine. We're going to shut down everything else. We just need to fill up our tank this and only this. Everything is about this. So it could be that. There's nothing with ADHD that needs to be fixed or unless it's creating a condition that is negative in your life. Like if you hyperfocus on building a canoe from scratch and that brings you joy and that brings you no pain and it does not make you go broke on supplies, it doesn't destroy your relationships to others, it doesn't get you fired from your quote unquote job job, well then there isn't a problem. There's just a kick-ass canoe at the end of that rainbow. So I'm not saying any of this to have us necessarily run from hyperfocus. Hyperfocus is normally something that engages our attention, all of it. The world tunes out, we are immersed, and there's no sense of time. We are singularly focused, and uh, yeah, okay, we can achieve a lot within that space. But let's also talk about the hyperfocus hangover, 
right? At the end of the day, when we realize we spent the entire day, we've depleted our executive function, our go-do juice, we're left with nothing, no ability to move forward on things that we were maybe supposed to do. I mean, responsibilities, hello, uh, um, chores, <laughs> anybody, hello? I'll give an example because I, when I was writing this, I was looking at a book on uh, my bookshelf It's a book that I bought for my kids, and it was all about learning how to tie cool knots. And it came with ropes to practice on. So it's on the bookshelf, and I can see myself getting into a mode where I want to learn all the different types of knots so that I can maybe try them the next time I go camping. Now, where a normie brain might go, uh, yeah, you know what? I think it'd be fun to learn how to make some knots to show my kids next time we go camping. I'm going to file that away. Click, click. And next time we go camping, I'm going to remind myself to pull that book out and have a look skidoo. We'll figure out a couple of cool knots and that'll make the camping trip that much more, that much more fun. Now, how that looks for an ADHDer who has been ignited, set ablaze with focus fire, it would look like this. All right, I'm sitting here on a Saturday morning. I've got my, my agenda, a couple of errands I want to run, some groceries to buy, but I see the book. And, and it sparks me, it sparks me hard. So while I'm having my morning coffee, I start leafing through the tie different knots book, right? And in the moment, I'm, I'm not committed to changing my plans for the day. I'm just casually reading a book during my morning coffee, but I'm really interested in it. And my brain has, without my permission now, my brain has quietly placed everything else in my life behind a locked door, soundproofed, inaccessible to me, out of sight, out of mind, it's gone. But I'm riveted by the coolness of these knots. They're amazing. And so let me just, uh, I'm just going to try one of them out. And so I tie it onto the legs of the coffee table and it's super cool. And I'm and I'm like, wow, it's one of those knots where it's really strong when you pull on it, but yet you could... Uh, Grab one little piece of string on the side and whoosh, it, the whole thing just unravels super easy. And I'm like, wow. And it suddenly sparks this goal to learn as much about knots as possible because these are fantastic. And maybe there's some that aren't covered in this book. Now it's, I'm a total knot guy now. So when I'm with the kids, I'm going to impress the hell out of them with the, all these cool knots. And it'll be a, like a teaching moment with my kids and I'm on fire. So now I want to see some of these knots in action. So I start watching all kinds of YouTube videos on on real life applications of these knots just to see what's going on in the knot world. Now, as the day goes by, all the errands, they go on the chopping block, right? It's not conscious. I'm not consciously doing that. I'm not choosing to not do these errands. It's just that time is passing and I'm unable and, and well, unable is not a good word. Because uh, I'm not even thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about responsibilities. I'm not thinking about any plans. I'm lost in this moment of hyper-focus. I would say that everything else becomes secondary and just pushed off, but nothing is really measured because it doesn't exist. There is no secondary. There's only the source of the, the hyper-focus. Is that a gift? And we can speculate, right? We can say, well, hey, if I applied this to something that I needed to do, then I, wow, how do you do? We got ourselves a superpower. If I could harness the power of deciding what I'm excited about, then I could be unstoppable. I could achieve amazing stuff. But what's typical in these cases 
um, for me at least, is when I'm snapped back into the real world, my brain sees that I'm done with my hyperfocus and it unlocks the door to my day and all of those errands and the tasks that have been locked away, they come barreling out screaming, what about me? You totally forgot about me. And I'm like, oh, oh shit, where were you guys? Why didn't you remind me? And like, wait, you didn't hear laundry screaming at you the whole time? Groceries has been in here freaking out. I'm like, oh, I didn't hear any of that. Oh no. But, and that's when the hyperfocus hangover hits be it with all its shame, guilt, frustration at ourselves. There's no juice left in the tank to go do any of those things. In layman's terms, guys, we're done for the day. But what if it was the thing that you wanted to do? Like your, your career, your big goals. I mean, dad, that would be great. But I have yet to experience or succeed at manipulating my brain into being excited about things that it does not find exciting. It just, that just doesn't happen. So when I hear people talking about hyperfocus as a superpower, as a gift, it just feels, it resonates inside of me as a disservice. It feels like an attempt at getting me to embrace a disorder, you know, or be special with it, uh, which that only really sounds good on paper. But it isn't practical or it isn't, it isn't real because then I now I just feel like shit because I'm not good at my superpower. So let's just tack that on as one more thing to self-loathe about. I mean, yeah, come on. And I want to say the downside of this harnessing hyperfocus viewpoint to me is that there, there's some belief out there that we can control it. And I don't think that that, that I've ever been able to control it. It happens. It's like playing the lottery. You know, you can buy the ticket, but you can't predetermine that you're going to win. You know, you can set some conditions, you know, like, well, if I buy this scratcher, then the odds are one in 10 instead of one in 500. So maybe the odds of winning are better, but it's still not a guarantee. You're still dealing with a crapshoot and that's unreliable at best. How about we learn how to be self-aware? Let's go back to that. Let's let's learn how to know when we are hyper-focused put those time boundaries in, stop our brain from locking up the day in that hyper-focused brain bunker. And I know how often I, I, I preach the timers. You're like, why the timers, dude? But the times that I've been intently focused on something and it wasn't regulated by timers, what typically happens to me is that I do the thing for hours and hours and then my well of executive function go to juice it comes so depleted that I have no room for anything else. And that whole thing that we're talking about earlier, which is it's just there's nothing left in the tank. And so for that reason, it's generally just a great practice to set timers, especially on fun work. When you have ADHD, it allows for breaks and those breaks will help to keep the tank full and to recharge the tank. And the proof is in the pudding with that. Be your own lab rat, experiment with that. Next time you sit down to do something that you love, if you can be self-aware enough to set a timer for 45 minutes, then when it goes off, you stop. No matter what, you just stop. And then you set another timer for 15 minutes. You take a break, you walk around, you listen to music, get a snack, call a friend, blah, blah, blah. Then when that timer goes off, you dive right back into another 45 minutes of your quote-unquote hyper-focus. So the timers will help with uh, the timeframes, putting a boundary on it so that we don't deplete our go-to juice, right? Now to aid in the focus, I rely on specificity. Specificity is monumental in focus. So if I say to myself something like, oh, I'm going to do my taxes today. 
Well, I'm not going to do it right now because I said today, okay? And right now there's funner things to do. So I'm pushing it off. And if and when I do begin the process, well, I won't know where to start. So I'll try to think of, I said, do my taxes. That's too vague and too big. So I'll try to think of where to start in the moment. And if I'm doing that in the moment, there's a huge likelihood that I'm going to get frustrated and I'm just going to move on to something else. Now, what if I was specific? If I was specific and I said, for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to gather my W-2s right now, then I know exactly what my brain is supposed to be thinking. And it has a very specific thing to do. Our brains, they will absolutely work with us if we give it exactly what it needs. The second, the second we give it any leeway and the ability and the autonomy to like, hey, come up with something for me, that's a huge mistake. Doing taxes, it's gonna it's gonna become something like uh, hey, the the wouldn't those file folders be so cool if they were color-coded? That's it. That's a specific task. And now you allowed your brain to come up with that and it has the power to create hyperfocus. So now guess what you're doing all day? You're color coding the shit out of your files and they're going to look badass. Now, will being specific enable us to hyperfocus? I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's, I can almost guarantee you though, that if you're trying for it, it's not going to happen. But if you give yourselves all the conditions to make it conducive and see what happens, but the bare minimum, at least you'll be able to get shit done. The shit you intended to get done. And I mean, I, I personally, I'm like, I don't give a crap about hyperfocus. It's not, it's not a thing I'm, I'm trying to do. It's a thing I'm trying to avoid doing. So there you have it, you guys. There's my big, long-winded podcast rant about hyperfocus. And... uh <laughs> Hey, you know what? We put a couple of strategies in there, timers and specificity. Do that. Try that on. Try that on like a like a winter coat and see if it works. See if that keeps you cozy and warm. Um, all right, guys. Uh, you can always reach out to me, Russ at ADHDBigBrother.com. I appreciate you guys listening. If you get value out of this podcast, please consider uh, leaving a review on iTunes, rating it on Spotify, sharing it with your social media buddies. I would really appreciate that. And I hope you guys have yourselves a great week. Later. Later.